All right, anyone feeling a little ho-hum for the holidays? No, that's good. That's, then we're accomplishing our goal. We're trying to, to, uh, to change the, the focus that we don't want to be ho-hum. We want to be home for the holidays. I'm going to switch on over to the, this mic because I, I can't stand behind the... There. It's magic. Right over to this one. All right. Let me grab my... This is why we have a worship leader because this is all like trying to jump from one thing to the next here. A lot going on this morning. There's a great quote from someone that really captured me as I was preparing for the, the Christmas messages and that, that we were focusing on. And I shared it with you last week. And it says this, Christmas is a time when you get homesick even when you're home. And it's one of those times where we just have this feeling like there's got to be something more. There's a longing to find that peace, to find that place where we really do feel at home. And, and we look for it oftentimes and typically at Christmas in the familiar in the traditions, in the routines, and in family. And last week, we talked about how do we break this kind of routine that we can get into where Christmas can sometimes become stale and kind of become predictable and maybe even just the time where, where you're dealing with some, some tough stuff and you kind of go, ah, I don't know, how, how can I make Christmas special? How can I recapture that moment? And what we, what we looked at was the Christmas story kind of from a different angle. And what we noticed is that when they were going through the routines of their life, it was just normal, everyday life, whether it was Mary and Joseph, whether it was her cousin uh, Elizabeth and, and Zechariah who gave birth to, to John the Baptist just before Jesus, whether it was the shepherds, whether it was King Herod, all kind of going about their normal routine. And Christmas was, surprise! Things are going to be different. Mary, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. Joseph, you know, you're, the woman you're engaged to is pregnant. It's not yours. It's not somebody else's. It's God's. Um, Herod, you think you're king. You're not going to be king. Surprise. Shepherds, you're just out in the fields. You guys are nobodies, but you're going to be the first witnesses of the newborn king. You know, Zechariah and Elizabeth, even though you guys are, you know, advanced in years and have never been able to have kids, you're going to have a son and not just any son. It's going to be John the Baptist who's going to prepare the way for Jesus. Their lives were completely turned around because they allowed the story and the heart and the life of Christmas invade, to, to invade their lives. And it was the hope of Christmas that came. Now today I want to turn uh, the corner a little bit, and I want to spend some time looking at our family relationships around Christmas. Isn't that fun? Christmas, family, getting back together. It depends who you ask, isn't it? Some you can't wait to get together, or you, get, you can't wait to get together, but there's that, there's that one person, right? Maybe that gets to you. But, but for the most part, we're, we're really excited to come home and to have that time together for Christmas. How many of you have seen um, the Folgers commercial that's been running for about three, four years? And even if I just say Folgers commercial, maybe some of you already know what I'm talking about. It's an early morning. It's kind of frosty outside. And, and the, the teenage daughter is up and she hears a knock at the door and <gasps> who's there? It's her brother who was serving in some capacity, maybe on mission, maybe in the military. He came from Africa, and he came home, and she's just so happy to see him. And, of course, the coffee's percolating and brewing, and the aroma catches you. And, and it's just this warm, tender moment. And then uh, they're, they're kind of you know, talking downstairs, and upstairs mom kind of hears that the son is home, and she gets ready to come down. And then the brother hands, hands the sister this gift, and he goes, I got you something. It's from Africa. And she's like, oh, and she takes the bow off and she sticks it on him. And he goes, what's that? She said, you're my present this Christmas. Isn't that wonderful? That's how brothers and sisters get along. That's how it really happens, isn't it? Am I missing, am I missing something here? <laughs> 
it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and we find those, those connections. And I think a lot of us are looking forward to those times to get together. And we go to great lengths. Have you ever seen planes, trains, and automobiles? <laughs> Trying to get home for Christmas. I mean, I just talked to my parents this last week, and they were going to just be home alone in Florida this Christmas. They had gone and visited all of our, the, their kids, which we all live in very different places. Like, I live in, they're in Florida. We're here in Arizona. I've got a sister in, in Michigan that they were just there for Thanksgiving. They were here in October, and they had just spent um, a good part of the year, actually, in the Middle East, in Beirut, Lebanon. That's where two of my sisters and their families live. And, and Christmas was kind of coming up, and I kept asking him, what are you going to do for Christmas? Oh, we've been traveling so much, we're just going to stay home. And I told Shannon, you, you watch. They're, they're going to go visit my sisters in, in Lebanon. You watch. Yesterday I got a phone call. Guess what we're doing? I already know, Mom. <laughs> we're going to Lebanon. We're going to fly. We're going to buy the tickets. There's just something about Christmas that makes you long and go to great lengths to be with family and to come together. And so we have this idea of home for Christmas, these wonderful memories. But for many of us... Uh, we're not singing home for Christmas. It's more like grandma got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> Something goes wrong. One of the relatives had a little too much eggnog, got hit by a reindeer, things got ugly, you know, and we're spending Christmas Eve, and it's just crazy. How many of you might be honest enough to say there's some, you've got some crazy uncle, some strained relationship, somebody who's just kind of always, you can't raise your hand if they're sitting next to you, but if they're not here, go ahead and raise your hand. Let me see. I want to make sure I'm talking to somebody here. Okay, at least five of you this message applies to this morning. The rest of you, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a coworker, and uh, you go from there. I mean, think, think about in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Clark Griswold and, and, and uh, his, uh, his cousin Eddie. Remember cousin Eddie? <laughs> pulling up with the RV and just, uh, you know, sticking around for a month or so. I mean, just watching that interplay in those meals is, is, is very, very entertaining. But there's something about Christmas that seems to amplify the tension in families. And it seems to bring out the pain in relationships. And it's not necessarily with people that you're getting together with. Because it might just be that the person that you're struggling with, maybe it's a brother, a sister, a parent, maybe it's a, a, a child, maybe it's an aunt and uncle, maybe it's a some, some relative, you're not even going to spend Christmas together, but during this time, you just are made aware of something isn't right between me and somebody else. And it's a time where you reflect on that and saying, shouldn't we be able to, to get along? Or what is it that's between us? And I want to talk about how can we have peace at home for Christmas? How can we really experience that peace? And Christmas, again, that we have more time together. It's higher stress. We have higher expectations. But I want you each to think of a key relationship that maybe isn't optimally what it could be. And maybe for some of you, you've already thought about that. There's a real um, specific tension that you're experiencing. And that's what we want to talk about today. So let's um, keep that front of mind, and then let's just bring that to God in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, as we uh, talk about today's message and, and just this idea of peace at home, we're grateful, Father, for the families that are experiencing just joy and excitement that can't wait to get together, and there's health and wholeness and happiness there. But God, we also know that there is tension in many homes, and uh, I just pray, God, that this morning you would bring a spirit of, of forgiveness, a spirit of, of grace and mercy, and that really your peace would be present um, in this season. Amen. Now, if we look at the Christmas story, there was a, there was a, a relationship that had some tension. And I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 1, uh, verses, let's see here, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 and 19 to begin with. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. 
But while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, being just a man, decided to break the engagement quietly so as not to disgrace her publicly. If uh, Mary and Joseph had Facebook, their relationship status may have been, it's complicated. <laughs> right? They would have said, this, this is just, this is not easy. And, and, and you could see how, if you put yourself in Joseph's situation or Mary's situation, how this relationship, things were going along, things seemed to be going fine. This could seriously com- com- create some conflict, create some tension. And it would have just been easier for Joseph to run, to avoid to blame, to ask questions, to just, just be done with the shame and the embarrassment that he might, might face, let alone what, what she would deal with in that society and in that culture where that was completely unacceptable. And so he, he had all these options, and I think he began to feel some of that tension because as we continue reading in Matthew chapter 20 to 25, in these next five verses, here, here's the story of how Joseph then approaches it. Verse 20, as he considered this, He fell asleep, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded. He brought Mary home to be his wife, but she remained a virgin until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. And I think about this line here, especially this verse, verse 24. It says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded. And it comes down to saying, look, this wasn't easy. There were other actions that he could have taken. Mary could have been executed. She could have been stoned to death in that society for being pregnant out of wedlock. And Joseph, instead of doing all the things he could have done, had all the reasons, all the excuses to keep this relationship from from forming, but yet he did what the Lord commanded him. He did the hard thing, and he stepped towards Mary, and he followed and he obeyed. Now, the, the message really for peace at Christmas comes down to this, reconciliation between people. Peace. Forgiveness. I know it's a kind of a cheesy saying, you know, but you say Christmas is forgiving. It's also for, you know, forgiving. Does that make sense? You know, forgiving each other. It doesn't even, it's cheesy and it does not preach well. I mean, it has two, two major flaws with that piece. Um, there's, a, there's a scripture, and you know, John 3.16 is very well known. But do you know John 3.17? 3.16 starts, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Right? We know and have maybe heard that verse, and it's a great promise. But then in verse 17, it goes on to say, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. See, there was a tension between God and man. There's a tension between people. But the tension between God and man, God did not say, I'm just going to sit back and wait to see what man does. He says, I am going to be Emmanuel, God, with you. I'm going to come towards. I'm going to take the step that I need to take and put it on myself and come towards people because I want to forgive them. And I don't want to condemn them. And I want to have right relationship. It takes a step of action to do that. And Joseph did what the Lord commanded. He got up and he went to Mary. And even though it was against convention, even though it would have been all kinds of problems, he went and he obeyed and he, and he reconciled that relationship. What do you need to do? What relationship do you need to mend this morning?
we're going to look at a, a short video, a short movie, about 20 minutes. It's not a blockbuster Hollywood production and acting, but I think the message is strong and will help you frame in maybe in your mind what you might need to do this Christmas. And I think it also maybe gives us a sneak peek into what might be happening behind the, the twinkling lights and the inflatable frosty of the snowmen in people's homes and what is really going on and, and what God can do to restore. So let's take a look and, and watch. You know, this last week we uh, celebrated Nelson Mandela's 95th, well, 95 years, and then celebrated him and his death. And he was asked, after being in prison for 27 years, he, he was asked if he's going to go get his revenge. You know what his reply was? He said, if I did that, I would always be in prison. And I think sometimes the prisons that we're in, the relational prisons, the, the strain that we're in, the unforgiveness that we hold, uh, it's because we're not willing to let go. We're not willing to say like that dad did. Maybe if you could forgive me for being a jerk, and I could forgive you for being a punk, <laughs> we could see where we go from here. And it's that forgiveness that Christ brought. It's that plan that he had for us. And in, in the Christmas story in Matthew chapter 1, verses 78 and 79, it says, Because of God's tender mercy, the light from heaven is about to break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And then it says, And to guide us to the path of peace. Who is it that you need to reach out to? What relationship do you need to mend? What phone call do you need to make? What visit do you need to pay? What letter do you need to write to make things right? And maybe today it's your relationship with Christ. He's come. He said, I think I can forgive you for being a punk. <laughs> I've died for you. I've come for you. Receive that forgiveness and watch the restoration that can happen 